Right, gang? You like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Well, Miles, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a brilliant stand-up comedian, writer, and actor who you can find in the 2021 book, We Had a Little Real Estate Problem, The Unheralded Story of Native Americans in Comedy. She's been featured on Comedy Central, Team Coco, Illuminatives, 25 Native American comedians to follow. It is Jackie Kalia. What's up? Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here with the two of you. We're excited so to have you. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw your face light up when you mentioned everything everywhere. I loved that movie. I saw it last weekend and yeah. it was so good. And I think it. OK, well, first off, it was like my first movie in a long ass time, like Dang. being in a theater with people like there were people like chewing popcorn loudly behind me. And I was like, is this safe? <laughs> yeah, no, I th- I was I went in being like, all right, this can be worth the covid. And right? I wasn't I wasn't wrong. You know, yeah, it was kept good. my mask on. And oh, I thought you meant I wasn't wrong because I got covid. And it was- <laughs> I got covid, everyone. Hey, <laughs> hey, 
But yeah, it's also like a great experience to see a movie like that in a crowd. I'm glad I didn't save it for uh, streaming. Oh, no, you had to see that in the theater for sure. Yeah. Like there were moments. I mean, I, I loved it. It was amazing. I cried. I oh, laughed. Yeah, me, too. me too. I like I was like, I was I, I forgot that that movies can invoke these emotions in you. Because like I think the last movie I saw in theater was like, I don't know, something Marvel. And so I was just excited to see it. And I love like I've already decided that Wayman, I'm dressing up as him for Halloween. Yes. I can't I can't wait for the fanny pack. I'm going to go search the Internet to find that exact little keychain. But yeah. yeah, I just, oh, I just loved it. And I, I want to see it again. I, I actually think I might go back to the theater to watch it again just to see more details and just, uh, yeah, such a fun movie. I'm glad. The fanny pack really made me feel seen. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As a dad, dad with the fanny pack. You, dad. Like, see? you can fuck shit up with that. <laughs> see, it's cool, guys. Immediately. So you put some rocks in there. It's a weapon, man. Yeah. But. But yeah, I, get, I think the magic of it is like I found myself getting overcome with emotion at things that aren't traditionally like on screen. You're like, you got emotional when the, in the Rakukuni part, like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And I'm not going to spoil shit because it's look, right. I, like I said, you could never really describe this film out loud. And no. go, that ruined it for me because it's doing so many things at once. But I really like that one part where he was chasing after Rakukuni. I was like, <laughs> oh no, absolutely. Right. <laughs> Jackie, where are you coming to us from? I'm uh I'm here from Oakland, California. What's right, up? Yeah. Shout out to the shout out to the Bay Area. Um, yeah. I'm an East Bay girl, so I'm okay. from Hayward, but live in Oakland, and okay. it's great out here. We we finally have decent weather. We've been having rain lately, but I'm just excited that like people are getting out and doing stuff, and we're out mm -hmm. here doing it. Yeah. So catch a slide season, show. Aries season. Catch you know? a slideshow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Wait, I don't know what that means. I mean, I do, oh, Jack, but I, we got a listener go. we gotta... might not know what that means. So why don't you explain it to them? Jack, we're gonna we gonna slam your car. Make sure that shit a scraper, okay? <laughs> and we're hitting the bay and taking you. A slideshow is when people like do donuts and stuff in the intersection. Mm. Miles, yeah, I must yeah. I must correct. It is a side show. <laughs> side show, yes. Side, so no L. Side, not slide. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad, my bad. I'm, you're good. I'm, you're good. <laughs> I'm I'm messing up my uh, internet brain where I'm looking at pictures like start slideshow and everything's a slideshow. But yeah, <laughs> got to get it in. Got to got to see an, an intersection shut down for a few minutes while somebody in a Challenger uh, is just sending smoke in there. Mm. Oh yeah, they do it on the freeway. We had a there was a sideshow on the 880, and it's hilarious because you can see you see the donuts, you see right. them, and you, right. you know. So you know anything is fair game. Intersections, freeways, bridges, you know. Yeah, right. absolutely. As long as you can hit it, you know, and you can yeah. get out, get the rotation of the tires, you're good to go. So, yeah. yes, that's Bay culture, though, for sure. A sideshow is like, yeah, everybody wants to see it. They record them now. They get caught up now because they tag themselves in it. <laughs> it's so silly. I'm just like, before you would just witness it and be like, yo, the sideshow. And now it's like, oh, I got tagged. The cops got back at me. And it's like, what do you expect? Yeah. I, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was your license plate, homie. Right. Like, <laughs> Black it out at least. You know, at other least. people will be taking video of this. There's etiquette. There's ways to carry oneself. So yes, exactly. I didn't yes. know that was a regional thing. Like, I've seen lots of videos of, of that happening. And like... It, is that are are there like regional super dangerous things to do with your car like that? Uh, Oakland kind of owns that one, and then like yeah. another like part of the world with, owns Philly with dirt bikes and shit. Right, right, and the ghost riding was it that? I feel like that was so, that's the area. 
Bay That's Area. Bay Area. Ghost Rider yeah, is Bay yeah. Area. Oh, so Bay Area yeah, yeah. just owns like all the just wildest so shit you could possibly do in with a car. Your car. Right. I feel like, I mean, you know, Tell Me When to Go gave people a, yes. a, a decent imagination for, you know, doors open, man. Yes. Mm. Like many other, you know, uh, dangerous things you can do in a car, but fun. Gas brake dip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. All of it. There's instructions. It's a, every song is a manual. You know right. what I mean? Like you got to list it in and it's the cheat codes <laughs> for how to accomplish it. You want to get up to some stuff. There's 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 a whole map right there. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. But I don't. Well, we, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was I didn't know about Philly and dirt bikes. I This is new to me. What is what's yeah, going on I with mean, Philly and dirt same, bikes? And, but, you know, it's like there's a lot of laws that were there are a lot of black people who like to, you know, get pop wheelies on their dirt bikes and things like that. You see a lot of laws coming in like there's no wheelies or dirt bikes or whatever. And, you know, every I feel like every. Every, there is always going to be some regional thing where people are expressing themselves with motor vehicles. I just feel like that's just that's just how the American way is, whether that's, you know, you see people rolling coal or fucking, you know, hitting endos on a dirt bike. There's just America and engines and showing out is just the way of the country, I believe. America. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Well, America. <laughs> what is something from your search history? What's something from my search history? It's always funny when you guys ask me this because I am so, so crazy. <laughs> like, I'm so, I, I Google everything. And so I always have to be like, okay, listen, Nicole, you can't go on a daily, on a daily side, guys, and be telling them what you're really Googling. <laughs> like, let's get real. Please. No, okay, please. But one thing I did Google is I've been thinking a lot about people pleasers <laughs> mm-hmm. and how, because I'm not, I don't think I'm much of a people pleaser. I think I kind of like go like straddle the line of like, I'm going to please you, but until it's until I want to just say no, because I'm, I've gotten better at saying no. But I think that people pleasers are fascinating because to me, sometimes it almost feels like they, they're lying to themselves and to everyone mm-hmm. they know. And I try, I'm like, so I was just like Googling, like, is there a correlation or like, what's the deal with people pleasers? Are they always kind of lying? So that's what I was Googling. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Was that just to look inward or your ex- experience with someone who's a people pleaser? Because I, I see it a lot in the dating people. context too. Like yeah. you start it, dating people, they tell yeah. you everything you need to hear. And then like, oh yeah, I, yes. I was just kind of saying stuff that whole time. And you know, I am maybe wrong, but maybe it's because I date men. I feel like <laughs> men do it more often than women yeah. because they want to be easy, but then they end up kind of like pushing everything down and not really saying oh, what absolutely. makes them happy until they like explode. I feel like I just see that more with men and you're like, wait. And I think that women don't even notice it until it's too late, but I've tried to get better at like paying attention to that and being like, yo, what do you really want? Like, what is yeah. your mm. real opinion on this with friends and with everybody? Because I think that it's like, it sucks to think that you'd be having a friendship or a relationship with somebody and you're not, you're, you're pissing them off, but you don't know it. Cause they're just agreeing yeah. with everything you say. I think like the extreme people pleaser, certainly like in my era of, of going all in on just saying everything that people wanted to hear was that I was unable to actually express any of my inner <laughs> experience out loud. So right. rather than to be in a situation where like, I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Cool. Yeah, I would love that, too. Because yeah. that felt like a way to be like, oh, this person, I'm I'm presenting myself as an easygoing person. Meanwhile, I don't know how to say half the shit I need to. And then you're six mm-hmm. months or a couple m- months deep into something. You're like, yeah, actually, like, I've been stifling. All. Like, I hate Harry Potter. I'm also <laughs> have terrible commitment <laughs> issues. And I've right. just been saying shit because I didn't want to make it hot. 
I don't even um, like salmon. You make salmon yeah. every night because I told you and I like that. I don't even like it. It's like, like, yeah, it's like stuff like that. And they're like, all of a sudden they're exploding because I don't want to watch another Harry Potter. And you're like, like whoa, what? whoa, whoa, what's up? Like, what is <laughs> this? <laughs> <laughs> you said you were all about Hermione. Like, what's going right. on? You know what I mean? Like, like right. it, it really does feel like that. And I feel like it, it is because people don't, I just feel like there's this, such a culture of politeness just in general with like America. I don't know if it's an American thing or just people in general, but they feel like it's the better way to be. But honestly, like I would rather have someone tell me like, I don't like that thing you did. I don't like that shirt you're wearing. I disagree with what you're saying, you know, like if, because it, we're wasting time by lying about what we do like, yeah. don't like or what we do and don't want to do. Right. And mm-hmm. I have like, you know, I have single friends who are, you know, in their mid thirties and they're like, dudes who are like i don't know like you know it didn't work out this or that and half the time i'm hearing them talk i'm like you're not really coming with your whole self in any right. of these situations so the person you're interacting with isn't quite learning who you are they're they're learning a projection of who you are and then when mm-hmm. the rubber has to meet the hit the road y'all are skidding because there wasn't any real grip to it because yeah. you were you know, I was just like, they don't just understand your yourself. needs because you're not expressing your needs accurately. It's this yeah. weird thing that I've been also thinking about a lot lately, just in general. Like, we don't know how to deal with grief. We don't grow up learning how to deal with grief, how to deal with relationships, how to really communicate with people so that we get our needs met. Stuff like that. Like, right. I, I sound so therapy like, but this is like the shit I think about like, lately because it's just like, why don't we learn that shit? Why do we learn, you know, the Pythagorean theorem in, in school? You know, well, like, we don't yeah, need to know yeah. that shit. So it's it's fascinating to me and I'm trying to just I'm trying to learn how to interact with different types of people better so that so that yeah. I can I can help you know them feel more comfortable or something yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I, that's my wormhole uh, as of late has mostly been like interpersonal shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I, the I, therapy I uh, like you kind of need to sound like therapy because like I think people who suffer from this and I'm speaking completely as an outsider because I don't at all like I would never for instance agree to do something <laughs> harmful to my body because somebody seemed nice and needed my help uh, <laughs> such as like carry a giant chest up four oh, flights shit. of stairs because I thought somebody uh, would like me more um, <laughs> and, but uh-uh. like I don't to like I'm realizing I don't even know how I feel most of the time like in therapy like mm-hmm. and so like that's that's how buried that shit is and then like so that that's a process too like Definitely. and yeah just being like that's not true they might not even realize it's not true uh, yeah. they being other people and not me because again I am uh, emotionally in touch with myself <laughs> at all times uh, yeah, and good at communicating yeah. it yeah. very progressive yeah. advanced man you've got it all together <laughs> you've done the yeah. work you're healed for yeah. well, we ha- exactly. I mean yeah. these are such they're so ingrained like you know just culturally mm-hmm. through you know patriarchy whatever but mm-hmm. we're like we start off as kids seeking the approval of adults that's yep. just that's our bread and butter as children yep. oh look at you you did that well oh you're so cute oh mm-hmm. you're so smart and then that becomes your currency and if you don't realize that shit you get stuck in this loop of just chasing smiles mm-hmm. and yes, positive yes, responses yes. at the fucking total detriment to yourself to and yourself, others to your soul yeah. to like you're like to like your gut like i'm sure that yeah. people that are doing that just like have this like pit in their stomach sometimes because it's just like they're not getting what they want they're not yeah. saying anything or you Even don't realize like, what's that or you don't realize you've been doing it so long that there is a pit because you've been doing that. You're like, no, nah, people like me, but it's like, but I don't fucking know if my needs have been met ever at all. Yeah, right. I don't, <laughs> feel, but I, I don't feel happy. 
but everybody yeah. seems happy <laughs> around me. What's going on? Yeah. And I think it's the same with even like little things like making plans. Like mm-hmm. if someone doesn't want to do something, they'll, they'll maybe say like, oh, sure. And it's like, well, no, don't say sure. You say yes or no. <laughs> if you don't want to do it, say no. That's totally fine. Yeah. Like we can totally adjust. And it's like you just start to realize that like. I don't know. I've been calling people out on that shit more because I'm just like, yo, I don't want to, I don't want to drag you to something you don't want to do. Right. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, you know? Right. Yeah. It's amazing how much I admire people who are just like, nah, I don't really want to do that. I'm and like, so what easy. the fuck kind of dark magic is that? I'm like, telling you, you know, the first time I did it was uh, when I lived in New York, people used to come, people come visit New York all the time and they all want to hang out. It doesn't matter who they are. It can be somebody you haven't talked to since 2013. You're like, why right. is this bitch calling me? And the first Wait, time I did it, York, this, right? guy, this guy was like, I'm going to be in town for a week. We hadn't talked since like 06. And I was just <laughs> finally, cause I was like, you know what? Instead of telling him every single day, oh, sorry, I can't, I'm taking a nap. I can't hang out or whatever. Instead of every single day trying to think of an excuse, I literally just said, you know what? Have a great trip. Now is not a great time to see each other. Um, you know, I hope you have a fabulous time in New York. And, it, and he seemed a little salty about it, but he got the point and I didn't have to fucking right. wear yeah. myself out trying to say no 50 times, mm. you know? Right. And I, I do think your point that like uh, men are particularly guilty of this. Like I, I just watched the uh, the Batman last yeah. night <laughs> and like this dude has his feelings so buried and like say he's so <laughs> out of touch with them he's like at all hell. times. Yeah. Uh, and like I was thinking back to the Joker where he's just like laughing with like tears streaming down his face, like just doesn't know how the fuck he feels at all. Um, And everyone was like, yes, I am the Joker. That is totally me. Uh, I feel (laughs) like that's not good. Like that's that's a problem. Yeah. That, Um, that, I'm that, I'm that. (laughs) Right. If you see yourself reflected in the Joker, something is wrong and maybe just go talk to somebody, you know? Yeah. That could help. Exactly. What is uh, what's something you think is overrated? Um, uh, when you go to a convenience store and you look where just the Reese cups used to be, mm. Reese's <laughs> has taken over, and I think all of the Reese's B sides they're all overrated. Just the OG Reese's cup, every new version that's got nuts. You're putting pretzels in the cup. You're putting p- potato chips in the cup. You got all these different versions. Oh, I love that one. I mean, they're good. Some of them yeah, are yeah, very sure. good, but yeah, the no, quality in the OG cup has gone down. And I just wish that Reese's had more confidence in itself. Like, I wish the Reese's had the confidence of a peppermint patty that has just not changed yeah. in a mm. hundred years. But they keep throwing all this different stuff out. Like, there's like there's a Reese's version of a Kit Kat. There's a Reese's version of like a Snickers, and they're never as good as the other ones. But I just wish like they kept the quality up of the OG cup. So yeah. York peppermint patty famously tried the uh, York peppermint patty with uh two with toothbrush particles in there and it, it did not go uh, over <laughs> Wait, very what? well. People what weren't talking about. Yeah, um, <laughs> that wasn't like, a thing. <laughs> You're right, Miles. That was not a thing. I, in my mind, I believed it because it <laughs> felt like some shit from the early '90s that we would have been like, I don't know, and it cleans your teeth too. I think they like, try and draw attention away from the fact that they um, mimic the, you know feel the tactile uh, and the taste of of toothpaste i still love york peppermint patty guys but. there you know you're right though there there's reese's is they're it's doing too, too much. much it's too much it's, it's it's kind of freaking me out it's this yeah. is what this is what cnn did with cnn plus exactly they, exactly they kept fucking her like it wasn't enough that you had <laughs> reese's peanut butter cups yeah. you wanted to fucking make 
I'll just put it in the link. You can look like if you were buying some shit off the website. The just the Reese's amount. Take five Reese's marshmallow top Mm-mm. big cup. Oh, yeah. These suck. Yeah. Like, I like the chip one. I really like the chip one. But I like, I like it chip, because like we're pretzel. adding we're adding to pretzel. To. Right. Exactly. Uh, and this isn't even branded. But like we're even like we're adding to the original with that. Mm-hmm. But then when you got these, like, why do I need to eat a thin one? For yeah. what? I've had the white chocolate ones because they take up approximately half of the ones in the uh, Easter egg mm-hmm. uh, bag that I have. And I've never, I've never been glad. Like they're, they're good. They're better than most other candies. They're not as good as the regular chocolate one. Right. And I'm never no. tired of the regular chocolate one to, no. to a degree where I'm no. like, give me something uh, that's not as good. They've yeah. got me to the point where I even look at the organic ones with disdain. I'm like, yeah. who the fuck invited you? Yeah. I, I'm okay with the seasonal shapes because it is. That's fine. Everybody's got to yes. do that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I totally get that. that. I like. I actually think that the like the chocolate to peanut butter ratio is better on the seasonal shapes. Yeah. But um, oh, okay. yeah, I, I do. I think like I think the, the Reese's Easter egg is a perfect candy. Um, I think it's good. I like how thin the chocolate is on it. I, the peanut butter feels fresher because they make them only once a year. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, it's like all these other things. I'm like, how about you focus on being the best peanut butter cup or seasonal shape that you can be? I don't need you to like, I, I don't need all these other weird like take fives and all sorts of different bars that make no sense. This whole section that's just orange at the store, I'm against it. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. It just feels like somebody's like... It feels like Mr. Reese's died and he had like 50 horrible children and each child. <laughs> they all got a chance. To- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're all worse. They're all worse than the original. Because I'm trying to find, like you, who referenced the York Peppermint Patty? I, I did. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they're owned by Hershey's as well. And I mm-hmm. wonder if, they, if Hershey's is like, that's the nasty stepkid. Reese's is the one who graduated honors, so we're going to take you to take your other classes, fast break <laughs> class, Kit Kat class. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you have a really great child right there who's consistently yes. just doing it, and mm-hmm. we're not giving any shine to York. I yeah, see. exactly. York was never the problem child and has just been steadily just on a roll this entire time. And guess what? York's going to turn out okay. York yeah. doesn't need the family. York gets to stop yeah. coming home eventually. Yeah, You're fucking York, up yeah. the, the firstborn with yeah. all this attention and all the trying different things and not letting Reese's just be Reese's. Yes. Uh, exactly. I, I'm now in my head about whether I'm pronouncing that right. And like, but. yeah, and like that one scene where York comes home for Christmas begrudgingly and there's still all this attention being paid to Reese's and like York's just outside smoking a cigarette. Reese's like, man, it's real tough in there. <laughs> and then York's like, do you ever just wish like mom and dad would just let you be you? And he's like, every day, dude, every day. Mm. And that's who Reese's became. I blame E.T. You know, that's where that's where things became. I think they've they just soared to new Got heights. Too with clever. E.T. Yeah. 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 There, the Reese's page does not have a single pieces on it. A single piece. Uh, oh. There is no evidence of Reese's pieces. I don't know if this is because no, yeah, the filter that we have on the on the search that Miles just sent through the chat is just Reese's candy, mm-hmm. and I'm not seeing a single pieces. Um, so what the fuck? The, That's ridiculous. The not even thing, if you load more. I, I will just say if you put anything in a York. It would be gross like that, that 
I don't mind that they're trying things out. Like just just get over it. Like figure out which one works and get over it quickly. <laughs> York, if you put York, I think what I was trying to get at before, if you put York with like pretzel bits or uh, <laughs> no, 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 right? Like you guys, like it's like the thing that comes out of your mouth after you brush your teeth if you've eaten. Yeah, that, right. Eaten pretzels or you brush your teeth with these pretzels. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, uh, what is something you think is underrated? Okay, so uh, this is where my miniatures project comes in. I'm super excited about it. Um, I'm obsessed with fashion dolls, mm-hmm. specifically black fashion dolls, because okay. growing up in South Texas, there weren't a lot of black people they didn't make a priority to have black dolls, right? Yeah. So now that I'm an adult with all my own money and my own car to drive to the store, I get as many black dolls as I can. There and um, I've been meaning to, for a while, make little doll scenes. So they're now, um, like I made a little brunch scene for some of them. There's like a little kitchen scene where they're cooking. And then like, <laughs> oh, there's a kid scene. And then like, I got a Bill Clinton doll. He's peeking in at brunch. It's like, it's super cute. You have a Bill Clinton fashion doll? <laughs> yeah, my neighbor gave me like a Bill Clinton. It's supposed to talk, but it's like sealed from the 90s. Like no one's right. ever like opened it. So it doesn't work anymore. <sighs> but it looks just like him. And it's like, it's super funny to have him just peeking in looking like, what are you ladies having for brunch? <laughs> like it's super right. cute. So um, with the kitchen scene, I was making like, you know, pies and cake, you know, like easy to make little things. And I figured they needed a little bit uh, of a more healthy situation. So I figured... Let me go get those runs candies that we all mm. had. That's perfect. You know, that was the perfect candy to do, you know, for dolls. Right. They don't sell runs anymore. What? You can't, you can't go to a Target or to CVS or like a Walmart even and get like a like a a box of runs or anything like that. You you have to buy it at uh Amazon, like you have to look it up, like go to Amazon. There are places that'll sell you just a bag of the the bananas. But oh. they don't. So runts are underrated because, like, y- you really think that they're always going to be there for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, as a kid, you always think that's the healthiest candy out yeah. there. It's shaped yeah. like you know, like you for always. Real fruit. You, I took it for granted, and now that I can't get it, now I'm like, oh, it tasted good too. It wasn't just a good display candy for dolls. It was also a delicious. Can- the red ones. The red green, ones. Are really the green good. ones were good. So uh, that now, wasn't underrated. A question about runts and how they fit mm-hmm. into a miniature, uh, like scape that you're mm-hmm. building because the, the bananas feel like they're the right size. The orange looks like an orange compared to the bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a giant purple, uh, I, I don't know if that's like, I, I'm guessing it's grape, but that would be the biggest grape in the history of the world. Um, the big purple balls, um, we go on. We go on uh, eggplant on that. Either that, mm. or um, I got a little tray-looking thing that I'm going to just put them in as some kind of a casserole. Mm. Oh, okay, damn, mm-hmm. that's okay. that's clever. I mean, couldn't you get in with the fashion dolls? Like, I know, like in when I was a kid in Japan, there were always little like miniature restaurant things made for people to super turn up their scenes. I went are to Daiso, you- Japan, and bought a bunch of erasers that are perfect size. Oh, shit. Okay. They look like real food. I got a bento box. I got sushi. I got <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so we're international. I got a chips. Like you know. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. 
I love that. All kinds of stuff. But I'm it, now I need to go get some more dolls because I got another scene planned after right, this right. one. So okay, okay, okay. Are, those, like are those devil dogs? That was hey. my Bill Clinton uh, spying on your brunch scene. <laughs> Devil dogs. Just a creep. I feel like having that, like you can get so comedic just by throwing a Bill Clinton doll in the mix, like with a bunch of black women. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It's like yeah, like a weird family circus cartoon strip where it's like we, you know, girl. Like I'm always like, hey (laughs) y'all, hey sisters, hey y'all. You want to help me get my reed wet so I can play sax? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all saw me on Arsenio, right? They're like, oh, oh shit, man. Bill coming. Bill coming. Shut the fuck up. And I like it's a comic strip where it's these black women and Bill Clinton is their roommate who they, they hate. <laughs> Just in a suit at all. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like this doesn't this motherfucker got somewhere to go? It's like, well, you know, since Hillary left his ass, he's a fucking mess. <laughs> who wanna like, watch living single with me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm kind of Maxine Shaw. What? <laughs> They're like, all right, credit to you. You fucking with Maxine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yes. just, I'm just laughing at. Honestly, I think I would watch a cartoon about Bill Clinton inconveniencing a bunch of people <laughs> because he's their roommate and like de grappling with the fact that it's Bill Clinton. Is that what your miniatures project is? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm gonna send you some spec scripts for your miniatures projects. <laughs> I mean, I love that you're working on a miniatures project because I feel like we have, like, the miniatures projects we get are all, like, you know, Wes Anderson or Wes Anderson light. Like, the, the, there's a lot of uh, that twee sensibility. I want I want some new some new right. brains in the miniature exactly. world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to take so, some pictures of them as yes. soon as I'm done with this living room one, but I'm super excited. I'll just go and look at it sometimes and be like, yeah. So cute. Look at that. I love that though. That that I mean, and I love that you're capturing a thing from your childhood because that's so much about like it's a weird dimension of our personalities that we don't really indulge as much as adults. Like we're like, man, I'm off that shit. I don't really do that. And I there's so many things like I've that I love doing as a kid. I mean, sneakers is like the thing that I couldn't afford as a kid that now I have my own money. I'm like, well, now (laughs) have you seen my doll collection, my sneaker collection? (laughs) But even like with other stuff, like like playing with like Legos and shit. I was like, man, I need to buy some fucking Legos. I fucking love Legos. I don't know why the fu- the only reason I'm not playing with them is because I'm like, I've told myself I'm too old. But every time I'm with my nieces or nephews, I'm like, man, get them fucking Legos out. Yeah. <laughs> get Legos out and get out of my way. Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> They're like, I wanted that piece. I'm like, you don't know what you're doing with this. You can barely use the Technic set. <laughs> Bring that glue it. gun over here. Yeah. There's a... <laughs> Like when I when I lived in New York, there was uh, a museum exhibit that like came through. Uh, that was this woman, Frances Glessner Lee. Have you heard of? She like lived from 1878 to 1962, and like was just obsessed with creating like murder scenes, like recreating real murder scenes uh, with miniatures. <laughs> like, is just. It, it was wild because it was like, oh, this is just like somebody's weird obsession, but it just like kind of comes in and out of relevance and like so people are just like really fuck with it. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend if anybody has a chance to look at You know, uh, I'm just thinking, work. I fucking love, I think reason too is I remember seeing model sets as a kid and being so wild. I'm like, I'll never have the patience to make 
a like a scene like this using miniatures, but I love to look at it because it's so clear, like how difficult it is to make it. So I don't know. There's an energetic exchange uh, when you look upon miniatures. Although I was terrible at making dioramas, and that shit was terrible for me. So. Mm. <laughs> that shit was terrible. Terrible. It was. For I me. see it so. Oh he my says god! Just trailing off. <laughs> I think very specifically, I had to make a like a representation of Giza in Egypt. I fucking ripped up a shoebox in the middle of it because my pyramids were not looking right. I fucking. I like stole sand from the sandbox at my school because I'm like, I'm gonna glue that to the bottom because it's a desert. Didn't know, you know, how to properly put sand in a fucking diorama. So it just looked like dusty and shit. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. This, I have a All lot right. of diorama <laughs> based. Right, let's on. take a yeah. let's take a break. It'll it'll sound like just a brief break to the listener. It'll probably be about a half hour while we work through this with Miles. Yeah. Uh, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk about truckers. And I didn't have my mom help me. That's the fucking difference. <laughs> These other motherfuckers came in with the glue gun shit. There's no glue gun trail. Motherfucker. Right. Fucking <laughs> glue gun <liars>. trail. <laughs> fucking liars. Follow the glue gun. Yeah. Follow the glue Straight gun. Straight to your mother's bedroom. Mm-hmm. It's funny, my mom would always say that shit, because when I ripped mine up, I was in tears. She's like, but that's good. All these other American children, they rely on their parents to do their work, and you're doing it on your own. I was like, but you can't help me. I was like, mom, you help me put my stickers on. She's like, you will not be weak like these other motherfuckers. I'm like, that's what my parents My parents never did projects for me. Hell no. That was fucking, that was so foreign to me when I saw somebody, they were like, yeah, my mom helped me do it. I'm like, I know your mom fucking helped you. This is so clear that somebody with nothing to do helped you do this shit with adult hands. Yeah. This dude did a, his dad did his whole thing. He did a fiber optics thing and it was a giant tube he didn't even really know how it worked he was just like oh you shine a light on this end and then you'll see a light on the other end and i was like yeah that's how light works right like uh, nothing. And, and then you couldn't even really see the light i was just like what is this and i was like you just stand mo- next to him <laughs> right right you just stand next to him with a flashlight be like i just did the same shit and it was a lot easier see you can yeah. see the light right and i'm just turning it on and off so, uh, he couldn't even say what it was it's like what is your problem oh, uh, fiber optics you know it's uh, uh, okay. i call op- my dad real quick actually. yeah yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> he put him on speaker <laughs> sure thing elon that. go ahead go ahead elon let him know <laughs> You got emeralds in your pockets too, motherfucker. Come up off them emeralds real quick. Fucking dad, helping <laughs> with your projects and shit. Paying for a snack before school with emeralds, like Elon. Do you Musk. have change for an emerald? Fuck out of here. Change for an emerald. Oh, <laughs> uh, someone needs to do a a project on like boy genius Elon Musk, and he's just a rich shitty kid who just yeah. like pushes people around with emeralds. <laughs> All right. I think every, I think it's going to be incumbent on every comedian to have a pet project that tries to get you banned from Twitter because you're coming straight for Elon Musk's neck. <laughs> All right. Zeit gang, customers are rushing to your store, but do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it, you know, like a literal POS? Well, you need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Connect with customers inline and online. Look, you want to use TikTok? Well, guess what? They have plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns on platforms just like that. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system. Or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. 
Now, I was looking at Shopify.com and I'm trying to get some answers. Let's say, uh, you know, I had a bustling retail business and I need, you know, maybe uh, some hardware to be able to sell my wares on the street, take credit card payments, whatever. And I know Shopify is easy to use. Half the time I buy something online, I'm like, oh, yep, they're using Shopify. And if you need to learn more, check out their website. It's super easy to navigate whether you have questions about how you can optimize your inventory or, again, looking for hardware to make sales easier. Shopify.com has all of that. Just go there. Check it out. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash TDZ, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash TDZ to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash TDZ. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where... First-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Well, we've been back for like five minutes now, All right. but uh, yeah, we have not talked. Angry. We have not yet started talking about the number one story yes. of the day. Um, the trucker convoy has decided to liberate Oakland <laughs> and Oakland said, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> they said, uh, do you know where the <laughs> fuck you are? <laughs> um, so the trucker convoy. I didn't they, know that they had continued to convoy it up 
The, well, because they were, were just like, all right, that was an L in DC. Let's just head back. <laughs> right. They drove across, not much going on. And now they're back in California because it started in California and then picked up all the detritus along the way to DC. And now they're back and, you know, proven once again that American self victimization is one of the saddest sights to behold. Oof. And. They've made, okay, so now they're in California, they got a new tactic. It's because there's not, no real vaccine mandates and shit to push back on. So now it's just stuff like driving to politicians' houses and honking their horns because they don't agree with someone who thinks Americans deserve body autonomy. So they're like, yeah, that's a good, that's a winning project. This person wants to make contraception available to people. Fuck yeah, let's just go to their neighborhood. So what happens is on Friday, they were taking a little trip. They're in through the Bay Area, and they decided to go to Oakland, okay? Um, and I guess they never heard of Oakland or the Bay Area because they drove, their, they drove through there with the fucking energy of liberators. Like, they were, like, waving out the car with, like, they're like, you can take the mask off, hooray, and people were, like, flicking them off, screaming shit I've never even heard before. And they found out very quickly they were, in fact, driving through the Oakland-Berkeley border, okay? I can't think of a bluer fucking spot to be uh, in California than the the border of Oakland and Berkeley. Uh, Mm. And they drive through. Look, this is the other thing, right? Like the Bay Area, I thought like conservatives knew better. Like I thought that was Mordor to them where they're like, we cannot go in there. Fuck, we can't go in there fucking lacking because these people do not want to hear what the fuck we have to say. In fact, it's the antithesis of everything we believe. So as they creep through the streets, they were met with a ton of eggs being thrown. And like <laughs> clockwork, it seemed like shopkeepers just came out with like flats of eggs to like people on the street. I'm like, yeah, man, go ahead. I got some fucking eggs. Go ahead. Fucking do your thing. Fuck these trucks up. And then like some kind of epic Game of Thrones scene. Then like like a bunch of people showed up out of nowhere. Like as I call it, the King's Battalion of Angry Zoomer kids showed up. <laughs> Like, like just throwing their fucking eggs and turned it up another notch. And I just want to I want to play this one clip, right? Because there's this one old guy who clearly has never been around teens or teens of color, for that matter, who just got out of school because that's an energy. Look, as a millennial, I'm like, no, nah, these kids are going to fucking roast me if I say some shit. I don't even want to make eye contact. Like, I'm not ready for their their wit- their witticisms. This guy fucking taunted them to throw an egg. And guess what? The kids did. They what? obliged. Here, I'll play the audio just so you can see uh, just the intensity of this just fantastic moment. In disbelief that these kids just rocked them with an egg. <laughs> Look, he gets Uh out thinking, what are you going to do, jump 70 teenagers? And he gets back in his mud-soaked truck. And then he's like, you're the coward. (laughs) So did you hear the laughter of those children? The laughter of like, I don't respect you or anything. Oh, yeah. You feel it in your soul. That kind of laughter. And the the like the re- responses from the truckers it really reveals like this savior behavior mentality that yeah, they're stuck victimization, in victimization just like yeah mm-hmm. like this was this was our nine eleven no one hundred percent they called it- the police 
They called so, the police. Yo, these they there's this uh image that you pulled of them like on Telegram. talking about it on uh what is it on? On I think it's from their Telegram channel. Telegram, okay. Damn. They they somebody needs to tell them they'll be allowed back on Twitter soon, but they're saying how was it that the flats of eggs just happened to be, or how convenient was it that the flats of eggs just happened to be there? Like, <laughs> they think there is a conspiracy that involves people laying out flats of eggs. It's the like, 2020 uprising. It's anything, like, what were those bricks doing yeah. there type shit? Yeah, except it was. Except it, that one seemed a little bit more, but I'm like, there's not an active construction site here. It looks like you left a lot of play toys for angry people to fuck with. Yeah, that is that is the nerf of like things that if anyone was doing that, they were trying to protect you from getting the shit kicked out of you by like le- giving them something more fun to throw at you that That's would just like ruin your fucking paint job. Well, the- you would got off easy with those eggs. This is Berkeley. You could get throw a, a wayward kombucha bottle, and those are not easy yeah, to catch. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What if somebody hits you with their hydro flask? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking brick right there. And you're not really going into like Oakland, Oakland. You're lucky you're on the border of Berkeley. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just like the other things that we're saying that people were saying like. Uh, like, can't we put these people like and send them off to China? Like, send these leftists off to China. Another person, this boils my blood that these people aren't worth even being saved. It's a shame that they hold normal Californians hostage to this culture. These people are literally insane. Some should be charged with assault, but the lame DAs wouldn't do anything anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Nobody asked you to come here. We're doing right. fine. These strange people who don't like people driving down their streets with massive trucks blaring their horns uh-huh. uh, at all hours and of saying the day. fuck you basically to you. Yeah. They saying, didn't like that. Yeah. Saying that we don't think you should be able to, you know, ha- have what you want or have bodily autonomy. That's yeah. yeah. What What is and, wrong with those people? I don't know. And again, this is like they said, like, they called the cops and the cops said, we don't give it. They're like, all right, deal with it then. <laughs> Right. They basically were like, we're not coming out there. So You're not supposed that. to be there. Yeah, right. They're like, I'm sorry. You do you know about our rep? Even like we barely go out for anything. Right. So we're going to help you right now. No, we're good. We've been claiming we were defunded since before 2020. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry, we were defunded. We're come help but you? we're the trucker convoy. <laughs> man, man, cuts both ways. That's the <laughs> shitty part. You know what I mean? So eat them eggs. Eat them up. Yeah, let's talk. You know, I, I think... Ooh. The consensus among the people I follow on Twitter is that we're fucked. Uh, <laughs> that now that Elon Musk has yeah, purchased be. successfully purchased Twitter, um, and what 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 are we hearing from? I mean, I think we kind of are, but like, what? How are other people reacting, Musk? Uh, there's, I mean, there's all kinds of. Stuff. I think everyone, uh, yeah, rightly is focused on this guy who's keeps talking about freedom of speech who clearly doesn't know what the fuck that means uh has bought the bird app and what does that mean um there's a few different things there's this one piece by uh this like sort of like tech critic uh shiva vedyanathan in slate who's just talking about like who sort of brings up an interesting point of like twitter as a business is not a good opportunity like that's not something you want to buy like as a as an investment in general um and, you know, look, just talking about how as a business, it has been like just a pretty much they've they haven't figured out how to make it profitable or to scale it. You know, the the, the, the many wonderful worlds, words of Wall Street. And they put it up for sale a few times 
and people haven't really ever bought it. And I think just when obviously there is this whole element of yes, Elon could bring all the unsavory shit bags back and open up the gates. Um, but there is just, just narrowly, there is one potential benefit to that, which is all of that conservative tech money that was spent on those free speech p- platforms like truth and shit would become a fucking, would become moot the second mm-hmm. he opened up the gates. Because that's what the whole reason people, all the people like that fled to those other sites are like, there's no libs here. Mm-hmm. So if they're allowed back on Twitter, they're like, why am I using this shit again? Um, so that would potentially that 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 is a one fear on like the conservative tech side, which is like, man, if Trump comes back and this, that's going to be bad news for these smaller apps. But that's not even like the the big picture. Right. Is there here. is are are any of those flourishing and like really a threat to? I mean, I, I you know you hear about horrible things being said on them, but I don't I don't know. Like, is there, no, ahead. not in the sense like. You know, especially we've talked about truth social like that. This thing's dead in the water. Um, and yeah, even people to the are point- still waiting to be let in yeah. the door. <laughs> Many people. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're not getting in that club. Um, but again, like sort of put just looking at Twitter, though, just as like a business entity. You know, what exactly is Elon Musk trying to do? Does he actually want it to help to grow it or does he want it to be profitable? Because yeah, what was the purpose of buying it? Like, well. I think on one side, it's like, yeah, I guess you literally own the libs by buying Twitter or something. (laughs) But what, you know, as a business person, because you're always talking about your business acumen, like, what is the goal here? Now, I get that one version is he just doesn't give a fuck. He wants he'll let it melt down into a a total cesspit of like hate, you know, hate speech. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other side of that is like, is it growth? Is it profitability? Because the things that he has talked about aren't necessarily going to reshape the app or bring more people in. Like, yeah, the edit button, sure. People are like, oh, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. That's like a bone-free one for like the people who are on Twitter. But that's going to take a lot of time and effort to actually bring that to, you know, bring that to a reality. The human authentication thing to keep bots off, sure. But many point to the fact that, you know, you could just invest more in proper content and user moderation and, you know, keep things moving in that sense. Right. But I think... The other thing is that he's if he's, you know, by buying it and takes it private, he's not beholden to shareholders at all. So, like, a lot of people are trying to speculate, what, how do you game this out? Like, is it going to be just a downward spiral? Is it going to be you open it up, you bring all these angry people away or angry people back on the platform, which would drive away other users, which isn't going to help anything for, like, the value of Twitter. So, I think, really... We can like even even in the worst case where, you know, Trump's back and all these other things are happening, those would be like those wouldn't necessarily benefit Twitter in the end, I think, because they're also not really innovating as a platform. You know, Twitter's not even the top 10 social media platforms. There's there, you know, there's the fully the potential for something else to come up that people are like, oh, this seems more reasonable now than this other thing. So it's a bit of like a wait and see thing. And then on the on the D.C. side of it, you have Republicans say, oh, it'd be bad if, if Trump got back on or like, oh, I don't know if, if we need Trump back on or that could be bad. But again, I think that there, there's a twofold problem there. One is that they don't want Trump back because it would complete he would rev, it would revitalize his like stranglehold on the party mm-hmm. by him being back on Twitter. He would take over the political conversation again. Right. Um, and then the also thing is that they they fear that if he's back on, that helps Democrats do their really tired ass political strategy which is just gesture to trump right and then be like so y'all vote in blue right right and right not doing it anything. ends there 
Yeah. Mm. Because without Trump, they've done so much. Uh, So, (laughs) Um, well, I think they're. I think they they realize they can't get bullied in real time from Twitter like he used to. Like as things are happening, I think it's more for them. They they liked that they didn't have to fear the Trump tweet anymore. Yeah, I'm interested to see. I'm interested in a couple things like how many people left the platform. I know every everybody was losing followers. I lost, I think, 250 followers, and I think people are just running from it, but they don't know what's going to happen. And then I'm also, I feel like it's like this weird thing where if Trump, I feel like people are always weird about Trump being on Twitter, where it's almost like they they're like oh man that would be so terrible if that big bad guy that i used to quote retweet came back you know what i mean and like and i kept going viral because i was talking shit on trump all day i feel like there's a little bit of that energy too of like right they don't nobody wants it especially before 2024 nobody fucking wants trump online talking his shit but i think that there's this weird energy that was there when trump was president and when he was on twitter of like it's kind of it's kind of exciting and spicy and like let's just play with this toxic shit but it's like that's not good because all it ever did was elevate the trash to a higher level yeah and i i mean i think the real the the real losses would be to like people who organize on twitter and actually yeah. use it for like positive things but yeah. i think like anything an alternative could emerge that is easy to, to that could be as easy to use but you know i think you know again you read the headlines, you think this could be, this is scary. And yeah, it could be, Yeah, but it's going to take some time to fully understand what his vision is for this and how that works. Because he's also, he's going to find himself running Twitter in the lead up to a presidential election. Mm-hmm. And Elon Musk is in just inherent, like all it's going to take is some more spicy Marjorie Taylor Greene type people to pop up. Yep. And then what does he do with them? Yep. And now people are going to connect him to all that, whether or not. He wants to platform them or deplatform them. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of extra shit connected to it that like doesn't necessarily make Elon Musk just look like the coolest kid on Twitter. So that's why I'm like, mm. definitely not. I mean, think about how much people bullied Jack. They were like, Jack, what the right. fuck are you doing? It's like that mm-hmm. same thing of like, you really want to be that guy that's constantly like having to decide if you're going to pull people or let them be on and how far you're going to let people go before they just like do yeah, crazy shit. Even if he's not the one making the final decision, he's he becomes the de facto he becomes face. The de facto. He's the face. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he gives a fuck though. Like he, and I also, I think he's a combination of like, you know, realizing that all good publicity in America is like at least increases your footprint. Um, and also famous enough that like he's surrounded by people who are gassing him up all the time. Oh, yeah. So I just think he's very dangerous. Probably part of his strategy is to control like discourse in some way, the way that like, you know, billionaires during the barren era, like would do that shit. Um, yeah, I think, I think the concerns are founded. I, I still feel like you can still use Twitter, right. To like coordinate or to organize. Like, I don't, I don't feel like it, like what it should be is a public utility. And like, we're moving away from that obviously. And that's fucked up. But like that, like I, I feel like it's not great for our side or for people who are trying to do good in the world. If, like a billionaire buys all phone networks across the America and they're like, well, I just don't use the phone anymore. And it's like, well, we're putting ourselves at a disadvantage. Like we just need to, you know, keep. Well, yeah. And I think for the people who need that, who are resilient, 
this isn't going to do much because yeah. they see the utility of it and you can just block the fuck out of everybody. You know what I mean? Um, and maybe that's how people will get on with it and it'll continue to, you know, do its thing in the Musk era. Yeah. But yeah, there's just, it's, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting because there's so many, there's so many, because like you're saying, because Twitter has become sort of like the, this utility in a way, but it's still not even the top 10 user bases of like social media platform. It has right. this very interesting place. Uh, and seeing what he does, whether good or bad. Yeah. TBD. Um, but again, a billionaire buying it, never good. Never good. Can you guys explain the edit button to me? Like that, <laughs> I, I, I don't that. fully understand the, because like my, my understanding is that the reason you use the edit button is if you have a tweet up, a lot of people like it, and then you realize like you want to change something about it, and then you edit the tweet like their likes are ascribed to like something that isn't accurate right <laughs> like that's that, that feels weird like what like a, you can yeah. you can edit what you said just delete the previous thing and then re repost your tweet what, or and, it's like that thing yeah oh i misspelled i misspelled said in my viral tweet right fuck. i know nobody I, gives a fuck <laughs> it makes me crazy though so i'm i'm all about the edit button for that exactly it's like a small reason because i had a tweet go viral where i said like choke uh but i didn't mean to say the uh so it sounds like i'm saying like choke uh, like italian choke uh, <laughs> when i choke up and i was like god damn and i kept just like watching it and i was like no i want to take it out so bad. so i would like right. to edit that but it is funny have you ever there was a tiktok that i saw where it was i keep talking about tiktok but you know what sometimes i get bored yeah. with tiktok um there's a TikTok though that I saw where somebody was like texting their friend and they they asked a question. They said, like, are you white? And as the person was responding, <laughs> the person, the other person said, if you are, then you like you say that you hate black people and love slavery. And then the person said yes. And then that, you know, they responded like immediately. <laughs> to that. Like it's just that it is that thing of like where you can change what you've said, and then the right. person who liked it is seemingly vouching for like some right. crazy shit. Right. So yeah, it could get out of control, but I, I don't know if people are, I, mean, I don't know. We could, we have to see, I guess. But I, for me, it's just, I want to take a little extra letter out of a tweet. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not wholesale be like, get, yeah, get somebody to like something, then like, you know, rope a dope them into being like, oh, okay, so you Oh, so you like slavery? For, oh, oh, so you're yeah, racist? Right. Oh, okay. What? So is no, he, no. is he pro, like team edit button? Is he Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants an edit button. He's, he was like campaigning on that, basically. See, that's, that's like, the saddest part of his whole like... Because he's just like, I, ju I just feel like if I just got the tweet just right, people would like me. Yes. It's like, oh, buddy, like, no, we, we hate you because you are, uh, you know, unethically wealthy and racist. Uh, yeah. That's that's our main thing. It's not because you uh, fucked up a tweet. I, for one, love Little Emerald Boy, and I would be honored to work with him. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That is the um, the number of places I've just, you know, being out in public, I've had Elon Musk quoted to me still boggles my mind. Like Elon Musk quoted to me as if like Socrates once said some shit. Well, Elon Musk once said it's all these like striver, like rise and grind people, but it's such well, a fucking yeah. bummer. Because he has his rep is different. You know, Twitter, he, he people don't like him on Twitter. Off Twitter, it's a whole other thing. It's like I'm completely curious about different that atmosphere. Too. Like, I'm curious of what his supporters think about that. Because, yeah, there's people driving around in Teslas, and I've seen a license plate that said Love Musk on the back. And I was like, oh, my mm. God, these people are, like, Love all that. in. So, Damn. Meant Animal thinking. Musk. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I love Musk. I love his tank. I just love Musk. Yes. Like he could he could run for president and do pretty well at some point I in the future. Well, he wasn't he's not he's not an American, so he can't. Oh yeah, that's mm. right. That's right. Did you he see that tweet where somebody said he was change. an African American just to stir the pot? Because he's mm. from Africa. Wasn't it a God. black woman? I said, come on. I she saw, was black? I thought she was white. I oh, saw God. one where it was a black woman. People were like, hold on now. Like, <laughs> Girl, is this an no. avatar switch up? Like, oh, what? God. what is happening here? That's but, crazy. Yeah. yeah, no thanks. They're like, and I think someone above was like, oh, do you not know about apartheid or anything? Okay, mm. don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk uh, NPR. Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit tomboyx.com. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where... First-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve 
with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Um, yeah, so like I said, I was I was just tying a, a line between the Elon Musk and this uh, Russia frame-up because I do feel like a lot of this sensibility um, of... Yeah, we don't have to like try to be convincing in our lie. We just like say the lie and then stick with it. And yeah, it doesn't matter. Like kind of started in, in Russia and like first, you know, uh, Trump, Trump obviously was like the number one proprietor in America of it. But, um, this one, I mean, we've people been, people been doing this one for, for a while. I'd say, you know, the, don't worry, man, it's calling weapons of mass destruction, man. Fucking they're, we're good. Yeah. Yeah, Yellow cake, man. Ton of it. (laughs) But eventually they were like, we didn't find any, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, fuck. Yeah. So Russia's federal security service, FSB arrested a group of six Russian, uh, what they're claiming are neo-Nazis who are plotting to assassinate a Russian state TV talk show host. Um, and yeah, things just like seemed really fishy right off the bat, starting with the fact that uh, the supposed target of the of their uh plot was this um state russian state tv like you know host presenter person uh who uh has said has praised hitler as a very brave man and even produced an admiring documentary about mussolini so yeah what um (laughs) because you know that's we we always just like stick photos to our computer speakers um they uh, also had three copies of the game of The Sims, um, and be, and people were like, well, "What the fuck is that doing there? That's so weird." It's like three, right. three <laughs> like discs <laughs> of The Sims. Why not a portrait like, of <laughs> a portrait of Hitler, swastika, T, Mein Kampf. And three copies of the Sims expansion packs. So oh, the working these are Nazi theory, hitmen. The working theory is that someone, uh, you know, did fabricate this evidence, and were told uh, they were told to get three Sims, as in three Sims cards and Sim cards, and they fucking <laughs> missed the uh, subtlety. Oh my god. And when when the investigative committee of the Russian Federation later posted a video uh, of the raid, they had blurred out the the Sims. Um, to, <laughs> yeah, because it's it's like so. It really does. It, like it's like the commander wasn't there, right? He's texting everybody. Look, get get a swastika T shirt. Get some like SS patches. Put up a picture of Hitler. The three Sims. Do all that, you know, make it look real you shady. Know, Nazi shit. Right. And then he just goes and like takes a picture and the guy's like, mother, he's like, what the fuck is that? What, what are those three games on the bed? And he's like, three Sims? <laughs> fuck. <laughs> like, cause it really doesn't like, it's put out there as if it's like, you have to take a picture of this. This is relevant to the case. You know what right, I mean? It's like he right. took, it's like he said, and they had five soup ladles. You know right. what I mean? Like that's not relevant. It's in the house, but why put that shit there? It's clear that the person's directive was take all the pictures, including the three Sims too. Uh, just for 
for who for what to again i think this is all like you're saying the low energy effort to just say you see there's neo-nazis in ukraine and they're coming after people in russia and that's what all of this is about that's why we're there because we put out a a swastika t-shirt a really loosely taped photo of hitler to a bluetooth speaker and three copies of the sims um and then the target quote uh of the of the attack who's just like their wolf blitzer like some you know tv person except if people still like watched cnn but uh he went on tv and claimed the plot was all hatched by Zelensky um because Zelensky wanted to be a presenter on their <laughs> state-run channel oh, uh, but wasn't talented enough uh, that, we're doing the old Donald Trump thing. Yeah, the haters. He's, you should have seen it. They were begging me for a job, and then I said no. So that's why they lied now. Okay. Um, that's. I mean, so that's that's pretty pretty questionable uh, child logic at, at work. There, it would seem. Um, Poor like, guy. Uh, who bought this so Sims. like he was doing it because he hates me, and uh, right, he's like he he actually is on the record saying he wished he was as handsome as me. So, um, those are yeah, the I have some t- I have some texts where he's like asking me for pointers, like on how to look like me. But I like I was like I was like seriously, dude, we're like in a war. Like I can't do this right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tough times, tough times. Um, all right. I, d- I just wanted to continue complaining about NPR um, <laughs> for for because we, we didn't get all the way through the story. Uh, Super producer Trisha did a bunch of really good research uh, along with Super producer Becca on just like, um, you know, where, where this. So, Bridget, it, like basically my point is like I listened to NPR for the first time in a year and just found the tone which is, I don't think it's changed, but it just feels insane to me. Like it feels very like gentle, but like they're talking about like gentle mixed with like bored and whatever. And so then like the Russians came in and, you know, they're reporting on war crimes, but they're doing it in like a way that's like, just feels so strange and basically feels like if we if we were all hearing it again for the first time we would all be like what the fuck is happening right Right. now um so we talked about that and like some psychoanalysis on like neoliberals like why this might be might be happening might be necessary for them right now um you know super producer trisha like did a deep dive into like sort of the history of just basically what I've heard described as like TV English, um, but it's like sort of the um, accent list is mm. how it's often described English that people speak with on um, TV. But then, you know, say calling something accent list, just, uh, you know, positioned yourself as thinking that uh, a certain accent, a certain way of speaking American English doesn't have an accent. Basically um, the, presumed audience is an English monolingual speaker. Um, and when the voice and language of the speaker, this is, I'm just going to read dir- directly from what Trisha wrote. When the voice and language of the speaker is intended to not make the listener uncomfortable, the placidity of the NPR voice also feeds into this. Like the rest of the media, they want listeners to feel a certain amount of fear, which will push them to keep listening and not uh, and not be too uncomfortable or panic that will make them feel like they're also experiencing the crisis. Um, 
So they, you know, they choose to speak like a group of people who aren't affected by the crises. Uh, they are, but they still like want to talk about it. And the accent emulates people who like don't suffer the human rights crises that and wars and disasters that NPR reports on. And like she found examples of people uh, who were prohibited from, or just like their story wasn't accepted to on NPR because they were uh, told that they speak too much with too much of an accent. Um, Hear that a lot. A lot of people hear that a lot. <laughs> like yeah. on some level, you know, it's like, yeah, no, what, what is that voice exactly? I don't know if it's, I mean, at this point, it, it, it feels like this thing where it naturally evolved, right? Where I, I get that there's this, you know, like in the radio announcer days, people all spoke like this. And we're like, right. what the fuck is that? And yeah. then we slowly got into something a little less like, uh, you know, good evening, brother. Here is the weather for today. I sound like David Lynch doing the fucking weather on KCRW. <laughs> um, but you know, even now it's like, then we had this, like, I think really coming in and like the, out of the eighties and into the nineties, like the real NPR voice that I feel like, like as a kid, I was like, Oh wow. It's the nice talk radio or whatever. That's less animated. And it's, it's weird. Like, I'm not sure if they even know they're doing it. Yeah. You I know, don't like, know if they do either. I, and I know that they do on some level because it's part of the aesthetic, but if mm-hmm. it's like about to say like, so to the point, it's like, we have to speak like this in order to get people to fucking tune in. I think it, it, it's sort of, it's just a, a, a function of, you know, the, that way of looking at things. Yeah. I think it, I think it's interesting, not, not necessarily as like a critique of NPR, or like going in and we're going to catch them being like, you have to talk to them like children because <laughs> like, they, you know, and even if we, they are saying that, like that's, um, I think it's interesting about what it reveals about the listeners of NPR more than anything. Yeah, I think that the listeners of NPR, I mean, if you're if you're like on the left and you're where you're getting your audio news and commentary is NPR, I do feel like that probably suggests that you're a certain kind of person because there's so many different places to get, you know, news and commentary in the audio format. If you're if you're if you're sticking with NPR, I feel like perhaps, you know, you're looking for a certain kind of tone, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um it's so funny that we're talking about this. When I first started working as a podcaster and an, and an audio, I thought that I had to do that voice to be taken seriously. When I go back and right. listen to the early days of me on podcasts, I can tell that I'm sort of, I'm doing my NPR voice. You know, it's yeah, right. very monotone. Huh. You would think that I am talking about things happening in a country where I have never even visited, as opposed to my own country. I'm talking about things that I have no real opinion on. Here's just some very gently delivered information about what could be happening somewhere, hypothetically. So I think that there was a time where NPR, and I, yeah, no shade to NPR, but there was a time where I think that they really were influential in how other people did radio and did audio and did podcasting, I, I will say. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I, I think that's something, you know, when Super Producer Anna and I were like first starting the LA uh, Works offices, like we talked about, like we wanted to steer away from the NPR aesthetic because it w- was so pervasive. Like it was just like, so that's what people thought podcasts sounded like for, for a long time. Right. Um, but that's so interesting describing it as like, 
you even though you were describing America, you felt pressure to like describe it like it was a country where you'd never been because that really like that was kind of what we had landed on yesterday is that like by doing this and like adding this tone of um uh of like remove like i i keep saying it's like feels like they're on xanax (laughs) because they like feel like they're like removed from the anxiety uh that you know, the rest of the, that they're talking about, like an anxious, an anxiety provoking situation. Uh, they're describing it like with the humanity and the emotion removed from it. And it's, yeah, it just feels like that has to be at some level, a conscious decision, um, that they're like, uh, perpetuating because they just have seen it work. And I think they see it work so well because, there the NPR listener wants wants to have be told about the story, like be told about the problem, but then like not feel bad about it. No, like you don't. Trisha you can't saying. confront. You can't confront the actual yeah. uh, uncomfortableness of the story. That's mm-hmm. all it is. It's yeah. it's to t- it's to tell you enough about the story without informing you enough that you can actually begin to empathize really i think that's what it is it 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 really dulls your ability to connect with the people that are even being talked about in the story like even that one where the woman was talking about she was fleeing like artillery like shelling from russians and she fled to her basement and was like well thank god she had a little bit of food but it's just done as like like we were saying and you know we're hearing her you can hear in her voice she's like she, you can tell, I don't speak Ukrainian, but you can tell this person isn't speaking calmly about the situation yeah. they were in. But the the translator's voice is, and it, not that it has to be an acted out version, but it comes in more like, thank God I had potatoes and some extra oil in the house. And also I had a cow, so I was able to get milk. Miles, and you're like, that was electrifying compared to the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to the translator. <laughs> but like, and even like, you know, you go on NPR's page right now, there's there's stuff where there's a headline that says, why this economy may be sturdier than it looks. Right. And I say, okay, maybe this has something to do with the lived experience of people who are working in the, like, as part of the economy, and maybe there's some good news. All it's about is GDP and shit. The word wage only shows yeah. up once, and it's not even, and it's like, it's it's a quote about someone talking about like, She also increased her prices to offset rising costs of cotton, polyester, and spandex, as well as higher wages for her employees. Right. So now the empathy isn't about, there's no, there's no need to feel bad about anyone in this story or even to tell people like in this version, the word wages is mentioned in the context that like, man, people, poor people ask for too much money, huh? Yeah. Not despite this, the lived experience of your neighbors might be completely different to some of these headlines about the economy. And I think that's where it, Cause that's the uncomfortable part. If you're going to talk about the economy, like, is it going to be a real thing of like, we spoke to working parents, single parents, people who live here, people who live there about what just what, even though we're seeing this economy stuff, what's it like for them? And even if, when, when you get pieces like that, are are we going to get the, like, is it going to get to the point where someone would listen to it and then be outraged? Right. Yeah. And, And I think, I mean, I have to mention, we are seeing this interesting moment where, NPR seems to be kind of hemorrhaging young talent of color, like young audio talent. And Mm -hmm. I have to wonder if there's something related there that, you know, people want, I feel like people get into audio journalism because there's an intimacy 
to have to the storytelling. You can hear, you know, listening to that Ukrainian woman tell her story. You even if you don't speak the language, you can hear it in mm-hmm. her voice. And I think that's what that's what draws people to audio storytelling in the first place. And I think if you're someplace where the entire vibe is not reflecting that humanity, that intimacy, that authenticity, and that like truth through audio, it does seem to be like a little bit of a disconnect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like we were, uh, you know, I, I was saying yesterday, like you can mint a Bitcoin with the amount of like mental work and like pretzeling of themselves that is required to achieve the cognitive dissonance required to still be on board with like the mainstream media and like DNC uh, sort of narratives where like check on the GDP every month because that's the thing that matters. And we just like care about GDP and stuff like that. And I just think that's, that's coming out in, in this weird way. Uh, and then I also wanted to talk about, so JM, our writer from Canada uh, says the same thing is happening uh, on the CBC and has always been happening on the CBC. Um, but he has an alternate explanation that they like found out about, uh, uh, HSMR or ASMR <laughs> and are, are like, because they like keep doing stories about it. Like they've done a lot of stories about ASMR and like, it does seem to be his theory is they're like ramping it up because they were like, Oh yeah. Like this, this makes people feel good. Oh yeah. Morning, is- com- morning becomes eclectic on KCRW. I'm like, I feel like I'm in the middle of yawning the whole time I'm listening to it. Right. Like the music's great, but like they're like Melvina, what's going on this weekend? They're like, well, actually, at the Getty, there's going to be a fantastic uh, display of West African art, and you're like, uh, 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 uh. Yeah. it's not. It, it's I get it. It's it's soothing, but I I do find myself you know in a trance to hearing it, but not even that I'm he- like listening. It's like, oh, this is very like the. It's that that monotone that really I don't know. It gets you. Do you all remember that Saturday Night Live bit? Um, the delicious dish. Delicious dish. Sweaty <laughs> balls. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing is that I don't know if at that time, like they, it was, some of their shows spoke like this and it was the ones about like, you know, wine and leaves and like foliage and shit. And then they had more, a more appropriate tone, like when talking about news and war crimes. But now the whole thing is, it's like listening to those characters do the news about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very weird. It's very strange. Well, Um, you know, again, I think the the effective thing about, you know, uh, neoliberalism and and, uh, these news things that are are helping people kind of stay in this place is that it helps people not stay in a place of comfort and not really want to do anything radical or 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 have the mindset that there's a need for radical change. That's for sure. And I think it's the same thing, like even with the uprisings, right? We barely heard people in from that were in the streets talking on TV, if ever. Right. And if it was, they're like, find the angriest motherfucker you can find and put them on TV. Don't don't get the people who are really there trying to say something. And we'd always be like, why are they never talking to the people that are in the streets? It's always like somebody from like 50 feet away, 100 feet away. I'm like, and now that you can see they're gathering over here now mm-hmm. and blah, 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 like doing it like they're calling a fucking horse race or some shit. But 
are the, we're not you're not doing us the service of hearing the people who decided to enter physical space why they are there really right. rather than your commentary from a hundred thousand feet away and speculating and then basing you know being able to shape the entire narrative from there rather than hearing it from people's mouth well i think that goes back to who is listening i mean as i said earlier I think if you're in 2022, if you're getting your commentary and your news and your news from NPR, I think that you're not looking for anything radical. I think that you're not looking to be yeah. moved into action or feeling discomfort or feeling bad or feeling complicit, you know, heaven forbid. I think that uh-huh. if you're not and not again, not to disparage NPR listeners, I listen to some of their programming. No. My parents, I, I grew up on public radio, you know, not to disparage them. But I think that what you're describing is perhaps not someone who is looking for that kind of, you know, those kinds of feelings from their their commentary or their news. They're not looking to feel engaged in that way, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh Zeitgang, if you if you uh feel the same way, if you hear like an NPR clip that is particularly egregious, hit me up. I'm I'm going to keep thinking about this and I'd I'd love to, you know, get get more evidence uh yeah. or you know more more thoughts on it so so hit me up you know um, what maybe jack we might have to do an episode in that voice just to oh see how the audience responds and we'll say um hello the internet hello the internet. welcome to another episode of uh Der daily zeitgeist yeah <laughs> oh you're actually quite good at that for somebody who dislikes it so much <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, it means the world to Miles. He, he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye. Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Zeitgang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. 
Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.